Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Talking About the Big Stuff with Michael Cole. Today, I have on with me my cousin, Amanda Pedro. Say hi, Amanda. Hello. Hi. At, at some point, I'm going to figure out a better introduction so that I don't have to do that to literally every guest. Say hi. Like, I have had to do that. This is episode eight, and I've had to do that eight episodes in a row now, I think. Um, so today, we are going to be talking about um, physical fitness and and health. Um, last week we talked about mental health and I just kind of thought that these two subjects would go to go well together. Um, so first off, uh, why don't you introduce yourself and explain, uh, you know, kind of what, you know, your experience and, and, you know, I think you understand why I picked you. So, yes. Um, so my, my name is Amanda. I'm 24. Um, I've kind of been involved in sports my whole life. Um, and I, that really tied me close to fitness and being interested in that. And then um, when I was in high school, I kind of started taking biology and science classes. And I really started to like that stuff. And then when I was thinking about a career, I kind of um, saw where my interests overlapped. And um I became interested in a career as a PA, um, but I also um, got interested in working out um, once because sports end for everyone, and then you either decide to continue with your physical fitness or you stop. And um, during the pandemic, I kind of found that a lot of people didn't really know what to do for a home workout, and they were like a lot of my friends and family were kind of like asking me for different tips because I had always worked out at home and I really enjoyed it. Um, so I, I made an Instagram account, um, just to like post my workout videos so that like there was one solid place that my whole family and friend group could go to if they wanted a different workout. And, um, that's been up for two years now and yeah, I'm still, now I go to the gym, um, to work out, but, uh, it's still kind of the same account. So yeah, um, Michael just wanted me to talk about physical health today because I'm really more interested in working out for the health benefits than anything else. Right. Yeah. And, um, so it's, it's just real quick before we get to that, uh, in case any listeners don't know what a PA is, that's a physician's assistant, right? Yes. Okay. Um, so yeah, that's what I'm interested in doing in the future. Um, I have an interview set up for December. So I guess we'll see. Fingers crossed. Um, currently I work as a medical assistant and I've worked as an EMT and a CNA. So I, I have some healthcare experience and I have a degree in biology. So that helps me a little bit with knowing more about like the benefits of physical exercise. Yeah. Great. Um, all right. So as, as far as, as physical health, uh, and you know, I'm, I've been interested in exercising for the same well, for mostly the same reasons. So, you know, you said mostly for health. Um, I, starting back in June, started taking physical activity a bit more seriously. Um, obviously, you and I are at very different stages, physically, physical stages of life. Um, but, like, I, I started working out, running three days a week, Um and, and my main goal, even though obviously weight loss is, is nice um, when you when you're overweight, weight loss is a nice effect. The two big things were health and the ability to like 
so I, you know, having a six-year-old, I have somebody that I need to chase around all the time and, and be able to keep up with. Mm-hmm. And so that's what a bit, that was a big motivator for me, um, taking it serious and actually starting committing to it. And, and, um, and, and so like, you know, I, I one of the things I kind of wanted to talk about with you is, so you're coming at it from a perspective of staying healthy and I'm coming at it from a perspective of getting healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, and so obviously I, I would recommend to anybody who is in good physical health to try to maintain. I think it's much easier to maintain than it is to uh, get back to, but I, I w- I'm assuming you, you would agree on, on that. Yeah, I definitely agree on that. Yeah. Um, I, I, as, as the, as you know, I spent the whole summer with this this running these three day running, and then I started adding in in early September. I added added a um, two days a week of hit workouts, mm-hmm. uh, just because I could I couldn't handle. I don't think it would have been good for my my ankles and knees for me to add any more running. Um, the app that I'm using is slowly working me up to avoid injury. Um, Perfect. Which at you know my age and my weight is something I need to consider, mm-hmm. um, and I think, I mean I know enough I know enough skinny people who've who are runners who've had issue with with um, knees and ankles, um, so it's not necessarily just because I'm heavier and, and older, um, but mm-hmm. but yeah, and and I know that a lot of the stuff that I when I when I'm watch, looking at your stuff on your Instagram you know, it's about stretching and it's about the proper, uh, way of, of prepping so that to avoid injury. And that's been a, mm-hmm. a thing I've taken into a lot of consideration. So I, I, I'm trying to take having the right shoes, you know, into consideration. I'm spending way more time stretching than I ever had before. Um, is there anything else that you think m- people should know about, uh, you know, avoiding injury working towards getting into shape it it sounds like you're really doing um most of the things that like i would personally do and obviously recommend to people um with the running i i definitely so from what i know you're supposed to only increase your mileage by 10 percent um per week which I'm actually just started running again this week. I haven't in a long time. Um, so I started out like with just one mile and I'm going to go up from there. Um, but also uh, like running and like intense exercise like that. Um, I actually have been like maybe shying away from a little bit more recently and just like sticking to think like whatever's making me happy and I'm excited for um, on that day. So and what I always tell people, um, like for exercise is whatever, like whatever exercise you can stick to and also not hurt yourself doing that you enjoy and you're not going to quit is like the best ex- exercise you can go for. Um, but definitely like the stretching, warming up, taking it easy, like when you're starting out, working right up slowly, because if you're trying to see health benefits and you're maybe trying to lose weight getting an injury is just going to put you back in that journey and potentially derail you. So it's so much better to take it slow um, and 
maybe see a little less progress as you go, but not be completely derailed from your uh, goals in general. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. So the the reason I chose running is, you know, and, and I am fairly conscious of the downsides and I'm, and I'm nervous about them, but I've been just trying to go really easy on that. But a big thing, the reason, I, so I, I did track my senior year of high school. So I was, I was, you know, I'm fairly aware of how to do it. It, it was low cost. I can, you know, my Sarah and Logan are not morning people. So I, ha- I can wake up an hour ahead of time, you know, and, and do that before they're even going to think about waking up. So it, it just like bought me all that benefit. And then, you know, especially going into fall um, where the days are getting shorter, it's nice getting to see the sun come up. Cause I, I have pretty bad seasonal depression and so the so when I'm you know out there I'm running in the dark now right now I'm running in the dark till about the end of my run sunrise is happening and that has kind of start you know I, this this fall has not been as bad and I want and, you know and we'll see once you know was it two weeks until the clocks turn back or whatever and we'll see how how all of that affects plus December once we get towards November December the days will get super short but it has been helping me obviously there's the physical benefits of uh, you know the endorphins and everything else that it helps fight depression but the day being out there when it's getting light out instead of waking up just you know getting in the shower getting dressed staying in the house and then getting outside and it's kind of light out and and then coming home in the dark so far it's been helping and you know the physical and and the mental have been kind of in sync on that for me so the other thing that that goes with you know the all the physical activity and i I, you do have a a good amount of this on on your instagram is is healthy eating and that is Mm -hmm. that has been a bit more of a struggle for me um i'm not like i we've we've cut down on fried foods and i don't drink soda and so we've gotten rid of the like really bad shit it's just mm-hmm. like the you know carbs are so amazing and mm-hmm. um it's really difficult so like i'm not i'm trying not to eliminate f- foods that make me happy i'm just trying to like be reasonable about it and i happen to enjoy like salads and stuff so it hasn't been a problem on that side of things yeah i mean i think honestly the the nutrition side of things is like where most people find um the most problems in fitness and health because food can be such a social thing as well and you kind of like for me i live at home and i'm pretty influenced by like what my parents are eating which is luckily usually decently healthy um so something that i've noticed um through my Instagram and being part of the fitness community is a lot of fad diets and people telling me, don't eat this, don't eat that. Um, and I've listened to them at certain different times in my life, but, you know, I'd say like, oh, I can't eat that or I can't eat this. But then you eat something else to try to curb the craving and then it doesn't and you end up eating what you didn't want to eat plus extra food. So um, kind of what I try to do is just, eat in moderation of what I really want 
just try to eat less. Like some days we'll order out Chinese food for lunch and at work and I'll eat like maybe a third or half of what they give, which is a huge portion anyways. I kind of just like take my time eating it and I'm drinking water while I'm doing it. And then I feel full. And honestly, that's sometimes to save money as well. Stretch it for another meal, you know, but um, I really think you can eat kind of what you want as long as it's not out of control, the amount you're eating. And if you want to eat a lot of food, you just kind of have to maybe choose foods that are healthier for you. But I definitely think that there's a way to eat like and have it taste really good but also be really healthy and like I love fried food too but like there's definitely like a time and a place for it and it's not every day because it is just those it's very like what's the word it's got a lot of stuff that clogs your arteries and just contributes to so many different problems but it's also a social thing and you definitely shouldn't completely cut anything out of your diet that you really enjoy yeah yeah Luckily, a lot of the worst stuff I don't I either don't enjoy or I just don't feel like I'm addicted to it. Yeah. Um, it's the carbs that are the toughest thing for me. <laughs> but the like as far as like fried, I like so I went on a business trip at the beginning of June and it was a great business trip to Miami and I drank so much that week. And I ate so much because I when I I'm a when I'm intoxicated I want food kind of person too. Drug cheese. Yeah, yeah, and I so that whole weekend or I, I guess it was like a Monday through Wednesday or something like that. Mm-hmm. I just I drank every single night. I ate <laughs> so much, and it was a it was like a conference, so the, there was a bunch of food. Mm-hmm. You know, it was unlimited food during the day, and then I'd get drunk at night and order food. And by the end of the week, I literally felt like I needed a detox, not only from alcohol, because I don't, I don't drink very often. Um, mm-hmm. So like to drink three days in a row was rough. Um, but I also <laughs> felt like I needed to detox food wise. Um, Cause I just like, I had eaten, I mean, I, I eat a lot anyway, like, you know, I'm constantly eating, whether it's snacking or whatever, but it was, it was so much, uh, everything that i wasn't sleeping because you know we're staying up later and then we having to get up early for work and mm-hmm. it i you know i mean part of that is i'm pushing 40 and i can't do that anymore but part of that was just like oh this is this is not good and so within a week or so is when i started getting in you know started eating better and started that's i started working out within a week of that because i was like i i feel gross i don't want to feel like this um and that wasn't something that was regular but that that one week really like just kind of i almost like od'd on food it felt like (laughs) (laughs) and that makes sense and you know um a lot of weekends i i go visit my boyfriend in new hampshire and we'll go out for dinner and we'll drink and I'll feel like crap. And I know when I get home, it's time to, you know, get back to business and reel it in. Um, and if you can kind of self-regulate that, you know, where, where you indulge and where you cut back, then I think you'll see a lot of benefits from that. Yeah, yeah. And, like, when you're eating those bad foods, you feel bad after, like uh, – I'm not going to speak for you, but I feel pretty bad after I eat some of those foods. Like even now I can't have 
can't eat fried cleans with in a plate of french fries anymore because I it makes me stick to my stomach and sometimes like after cutting soda out for a bunch of years not cutting it out but like I only have it in social settings really because I just don't buy it to keep around the house right sometimes that'll make me feel sick and once you kind of cut those things out and they make you feel sick you don't really want them I have yet to get to that point <laughs> I, I it I mean I I've done pretty good with quitting with with quitting soda several times right now I would say I'm not I'm not buying soda regularly but there's a lot of times when if I'm out like with work I'm not going to, you know, I'm not necessarily drinking, if it's lunch or whatever, I'm not drinking alcohol, obviously. And sometimes, I don't know if you've ever done, been, been this, but sometimes if you go to a restaurant and they have whatever, there's some kind of crappy type of plastic that when they pour you a glass of water, it just it tastes terrible. like garbage. So I'll order water, I'll take like three sips, and if I have something spicy or something, I'm like, I need a drink. <laughs> so that's that's what I've been drinking soda the most regularly yeah. and that's luckily i mean i think i'm down to less than a soda a day i i was down i was literally down to like no no soda at all for a little bit but it is it's difficult when you take out alcohol and sometimes water is just not served in a at all appetizing way you know but i'm a big fan of lemon water in those situations but um i would i definitely feel like soda is probably the better and healthier option than alcohol. Um, so yeah. you can always feel good about that. <laughs> I want I, I, I do want to say, so the soda thing, the alcohol and soda thing reminds me of something. So like when, when I was 20-ish, 21, maybe, I don't think I was 21 yet, um, I got into this big fight with a friend of mine. And he, because he was giving me shit about my weight. And now... I'm heavy. I'm very heavy now. Um, but I was, you know, I was slightly overweight then, but I was so much lighter than I am now, which is funny to look at. And I was getting <laughs> shit about my weight because he said I was unhealthy. And I was like, I'm unhealthy because I like chicken parm. And I'm like, and you have six pack abs and you drink like a 30 rack every, every, <laughs> every couple days. I'm like, so let, there is a genetic component, which drives me a little nuts. Like, obviously it's not completely genetics, but when when people who are genetic genetically better off get cocky about it, it drives me a little nuts. And <laughs> especially because I know so many people who drink and do drugs, who are in better shape than me, and I'm like, I you know, in in I'll say for the last two years, non work settings, I've had maybe five drinks of alcohol in the whole time. Like I just don't drink very often, and and so then I see people who drink regularly and are in great shape. And I'm like, what are they doing? And then they're eating, you know, they're eating when we're going out. So it's not like they're, they're drinking their, their calories instead of eating them. They're drinking them in addition to eating them. And, and it's, it, and I, you know, if it was happening to me now, I'd be like, Oh, it's just cause I'm older and I don't metabolize the same way. But when I was 20, it was going that way too. So hopefully you're lucky. Cause I think you have, you have like, a good attitude towards it, but I think you have decent genetics for it. Yeah. So. I definitely feel like I'm set up for success so far. Um, but that's kind of part of why I'm so interested in it is because I feel like if I really throw myself into it now, hopefully in the long run, I'll see benefits from that. Um, yeah. 
also what I had to say to that is, um, like, those people might appear healthy to, like, you as a person, but you have, you really have no idea, like, what lab statuses are coming back, like, True. and all that kind of stuff. So you can, people give me crap sometimes, actually, for, like, working out and talking about, like, nutrition and fitness and stuff because I'm skinny. And I'm like, you know, there's so many health problems that a skinny person can have that you wouldn't know. Like you wouldn't know if I have high cholesterol or high blood pressure or anything like that, which are like serious health issues. So it's, it's just because, um, somebody like looks healthy doesn't mean that they actually are. True. Absolutely true. So they see negative benefits from it someday. (laughs) Yeah. That's yeah. And, and I do think, like, even though there's a genetic component, like, you can't rely on the genetic component. You, ha- you, you either can, if you're genetically not predispositioned to be thin, you, you, you can work hard if you want to get in better shape. But if you're, you know, I've, I've met people who are um, unhealthy looking skinny because they are genetically, they have a better metabolism or whatever, but do nothing to stay healthy. So, like, you know... I, I, I don't think that it's necessarily, you know, we have a, this idea that thin is healthy and I'm aware that that's not true, not mm. in, inherently true or, you know, directly correlative, but I do. Yeah. I, I get, I get your point on that, on not knowing about people's, you know, liver failure and, and <laughs> whatever else, which I, like, I will probably have a healthier liver. Exactly. And most of most of the my friends and stuff when I'm fifty, sixty. Exactly. And also, um it, it there's definitely a huge genetic component to it, but you can actually influence your I don't know like what research there is exactly on like weight and health type of genetics, but I know there's a whole area of research called epigenetics, which is um like like it's not genetic changes, but it's how your genes are expressed. So there's like, obviously have like millions of genes, right? Yeah. Not all of them are always getting expressed, but based on your environment and things you're doing, your genes will like, um, certain parts of it get really tight and they can't be expressed and other ones open up so they can be expressed. So you can, in some ways your genetics are, potentially a little bit changeable because of that like your genes aren't going to change the ones that are coming out are i don't really know what the research is with health and whatnot but it seems plausible that maybe your your good habits can affect what you have for genetics yeah yeah that makes sense i mean it's kind of like you can be smart and lazy and you know fail out of harvard or you can be not too bright but you work your your butt off and you may not go to harvard you but you might graduate from you know a good school and end up in a decent job even though you're i don't want to say dumb but like you're just not that you're not particularly bright so like it's the same basic idea of you know certain aspects of certain inherent aspects in you will be you know can, can be overridden by your your drive and and I don't exactly understand the mechanism of how endorphins work, um, if we're being honest. Okay. But That's... they're definitely, from what I found, they're they obviously have a huge impact on mental health and relieving stress, um, and reducing feelings of anxiety and improving sleep. Which I guess um, 
I was kind of curious, like, what benefits you feel like you've seen since you started running. Um, I've definitely, I sleep better. Um, I think, so, I have, like, I get really fidgety when I'm trying to fall asleep. And I'll, I'll like, crack my toes and my ankles. and And my legs are always fidgety. And they're less so when I'm, when I'm being more active so like i i had the flu i think it was the flu last week um and i didn't exercise and so i was sleeping okay because i was sick but as i was getting better i you know i was i hadn't ran in three four five days at because i was trying to just let myself get better all the way but then i was sleeping worse Mm-hmm. again because of that um so like that was a a big big thing like i there's that aspect of it there are so my my workout routine right now is or my before i started the hit workouts my workout routine was uh tuesday thursday saturday mm-hmm. and that was really working out great for me except that some days by monday afternoon I was having like severe brain fog mm-hmm. because at that point it had been, the, that's the longest stretch mm-hmm. in my week without any, phys- with any, without any additional physical activity. And then I'd go in, you know, after a weekend I'd go into work and I do a lot with, you know, I do a decent amount with Excel and stuff. And so I literally one day was driving home and it was like, I don't know, 90 degrees out. And this was maybe a month ago and I'm driving home and, and I, called sarah and i was like just so you know when i get home like i gotta go i gotta go for a run which i always do morning runs mm-hmm. and i just was like my brain feels like it is off right now like i cannot concentrate on anything and as soon as i went for a run i was like when i got back i, I mean i was sw- so ridiculously sweaty and hot because of how hot it was outside another benefit of running in the mornings um but like i was my brain was working again. So then I just had to like shower and like slowly cool myself down to get, to get into a better physical space. But mentally, like, I I don't know if I can explain brain fog properly, but it's, you you ever play video games too long or stare at, uh, you know, you, and you just have this, like, you almost feel slack jawed and you like, you're, you can't concentrate. That's how I feel. If I, that's how I feel on a day when it's been too long. Yeah. I guess like my experience of brain fog is like when I'm taking notes and I'm reading the same line like over and over and not retaining it. And I know that I, I need to move like during school, I'd be studying for finals week and you know, just like cramming, cramming, cramming. And I'm like, okay. I'm reading the same line over. I'm retaining nothing. I need to go to the gym and just work it out so I can keep going. So I think that sounds kind of like what you experienced. Yeah, absolutely. So, like, I, I love reading. And when I have that brain fog, I don't feel like I can read at all because I do the same thing. I'll just, like, be staring at a page or I'll have, like, read a whole page or two or three and, like, move, and I'm moving along the pages and I have zero information of what I just read. Um, so that's how, you know, like, that's how the brain fog happens. And I feel once I've run and stuff i feel better about that i feel better about you know being creative and um like you know i don't think i could have i don't think i could have taken on this podcast if i hadn't started doing that because i would have just been like sitting here numb 
mentally because I, I, I feel like I was getting to that point. And not that we were un, we, it, I wasn't inactive before, but I just wasn't doing. I wasn't doing anything with any regularity. Mm-hmm. And so that was, you know, like the the running has been good for that. But I've also been trying to add other activities, and like because the running is the regularity for me to keep me at a baseline. And then, like you know, uh, like I said, I started the hit workouts, and that's helped. Like those days are are really great too. I feel my brain's even firing faster on those days. Um, I went. I've gone rock climbing a couple times. I've gone surfing. I, I actually learned how to surf about, what was it, Labor Day weekend? I learned how to surf. I had taken a lesson like nine years ago and finally was actually able to surf this past month. So that part of that's because I am, you know, my arms are stronger from the HIIT workouts and stuff. And But my my brain, like, I think Sarah gets tired of it because I'm actually like almost hyper and keyed up afterwards. But... <laughs> My brain's firing on all cylinders on those days when that stuff happens. Yeah, and to go off of that, um, I, when I was like preparing for this, I was looking online and and whatnot. And um, HelpGuide.org um, had a little blurb about how like exercise is really good for your mental health because it promotes neural growth, um, which is, and part of it I think said because of. Like when you're exercising, your heart rate is increased, so your blood is getting to all the parts of your body um, more than usual, and that's like bringing additional oxygen to your brain, which uh, it makes sense to me. Um, and then it also like reduces inflammation overall, and like when you're done, you feel like you've done a good job. And oh, and then it also um, in the ADHD section, um, it was talking about how physical activity. Boosts Bring dopamine, norepinephrine, and serotonin, um, which all affect focus and attention. So it has like similar effects to Ritalin and Adderall, um, which I think is very interesting. Considering yeah. now that I don't know what what diagnoses you have or anything, but ADHD, um, it sounds like it works for that. So I can't see why it wouldn't work to help any of them focus. Yeah, yeah. I don't think I have ADHD. I, I was when I was of the age where they would have, you know, where I, I got all the checks on learning disabilities. Um, they did not diagnose me at that point with it. Um, and I don't, I, you know, I, I know enough people that clearly have it that I don't think I have it. Um, yeah, I, I don't either, but I think it was in the ADHD section, but it, it worked for everyone. I think in the same type of. Yeah. I th- I, I personally think I'm I'm probably maxed out on how many mental things I can have going on, and that's why I don't have it. But only allowed so many. Huh? I said you're only allowed so many. Is that what yeah. you're saying? I've got, <laughs> I've got bipolar disorder, uh, seasonal depression, um, and and those two are enough. I think I don't think I need another one. And what's that app called? Jogo, J O G G O. Um, it, it is mostly running. There are certain spots. So it, what it does is it, anybody who get downloads it and it's, I, I think I paid $30 for a year, so that's not too much for, um, but I, when you, you go for your first workout, 
and it just basically has you like walk at i think walk for 20 minutes at the pace you find comfortable or you find you know like doable and from there it it assesses where you're at and then so i think i started off at like a level three or four and then it puts you through two weeks every level is supposed to be two weeks but at the end of the level you you have an assessment and depending on how you do on the assessment you either repeat the level for an extra week or two or you move on and there was like one level where i repeated it like three times um i think it was level six or seven and i was like and i was like i'm you know i don't understand what's going on and you can progress yourself if, if you want to and and i I don't recommend it for anybody who's using it. I don't recommend doing that, at least not right away. If it tries to make you repeat, but like after three times of doing it, I was like, I'm ready. Cause it's, it ends up being the exact same workouts. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't love that. Cause I like the variety. Um, so I pushed myself up to the next level and I was like, if this takes me three times, I'm fine. And then mm-hmm. once I got up to that level, it just like increased, like I rose to the occasion and I think mm-hmm. what it was was like my body had settled into uh, mm-hmm. level seven, and it was just like, yeah, this is what is, we're doing now. And so it never like pushed it hard enough to mm-hmm. to let the app know that I could go up to the next level. So you know, you it's adjustable in that way. Um, it tells you how to stretch. It um, it gets you going with those runs. There were certain ones where you know, like. Like tomorrow's run, for example, I'm going to do 20 minutes warm up and then it's, I think it's 13, 30 second uphill, running uphill, like sprinting uphill and then walking downhill for a minute. And I'd repeat Mm -hmm. that 13 times. That's a lot of hill runs. (laughs) Yeah. The hill, I mean, I don't know the hills that I have around here. There's one hill I was doing in the middle of the summer for those hill runs, which was Mm -hmm. fairly steep. But now it's a it's a greenway that I can't go on in the dark. It's not it, it it's not legal to go on those in the dark. So I'll be doing. There's a big sidewalk where there's a bit of an increase. So it probably won't be that intense. But I do most of my any time I used to do like hill workouts, I would do them on like a very slow or like not slow increase, um, like gradual increase. Cause yeah, I yeah. found like if I did it like too high of a um, and like I was tiring out too early and not like getting the work done. Yeah, that's <laughs> there's one near me that I'm gonna do that I would guess is less than a. It's probably like a five percent, mm-hmm. five degree incline, mm-hmm. which after a twenty minute run, like I, you know, if I were to just go do that right now and without the twenty minute run, that would feel like nothing. But after a twenty minute run, it will feel like a decent increase because i run down there on my longer runs anyway mm-hmm. and so it's once i get to that point i'm like oh like the hills don't bother me on the way out but on the way back they always bought like i was like oh this is this is rough <laughs> so i think that it'll probably be just right tomorrow I'll, we'll see the big a lot of what i've noticed with my ability to do the runs is how well i sleep the night before mm-hmm. um and that depends on whether or not my six-year-old decides to be a psycho or not the night before. Because he, he just hates going to bed. So it's like my sleep schedule is a bit dependent on him. But 
um, another important thing like in from what I've learned in the fitness like industry, I guess you'd call it, is um, the principle of progressive overload. It's kind of just like it, it's common sense, but like when you over time, you need to make your workouts more challenging, more difficult to see more benefits. So, yeah. um, like kind of in the gym, I I feel like I struggle with that sometimes because I'm like, oh, this is the weight I'm used to. This is what I do, but it sounds like the app's really great for like pushing you to do more. Um, so that's great. Yeah, yeah. I I highly recommend to anybody. I mean, obviously, like I don't know that you would get a benefit out of it because you're a runner. But like to anybody who has never or hasn't recently been doing any running, like it's a good one. I think, like I honestly think it will get anybody, anybody who is physically capable of walking for a half hour. I think will get benefit out of it. Like obviously, there's people who are you know so they have such a bad injury or whatever that they can't do that much and mm-hmm. i don't know how i don't know how they particular particularly will get past that that's mm-hmm. you know something else but for anybody who can just who is able to walk a decent amount i think you can slowly get started and and like i i was seeing benefits relatively quickly as far as like some my parents facetime facetime me for the first time a couple days ago and they were like you look thinner than I saw them like a month and a half ago. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I've, I've been consistently losing about a pound a week or two, which is a good healthy rate from what I understand. And I agree completely. All right. So is, th- is there anything that you want to get to before I, I start to, before I ask my, my final question? So I guess like what I wanted to say in summary um, from what I've learned, like, or what I see at least is that um, like any exercise you can do is better than none. Um, but I actually, there's this book called the blue zone book that I read and it was about like different communities and um, the blue zones are like where many centenarians live, people who live over a hundred Yeah. and they kind of like studied um, like what helps them get there. And um, it seemed like their lives were kind of set up, um, so activity was a part of their daily life, and it wasn't like going to the gym or going for a run, like something they could choose not to do. Um, so, like, it was walking to work or, like, walking to see their friends. Um, and, like, so having those communities and living in a place that allows you to get outside and, like, walk to get your coffee instead of driving or doing that um, is, is also super beneficial, and it kind of sounded like, you had really great um, like sidewalks and opportunities to get outside where you live. Um, yeah. So yeah, absolutely. It is. It, it, they've really made it great for, for that around here. Um, and I feel like that's something a lot of the U S um, would benefit from because we're all like, so individ- individualistic driving to work, you know, I mean, my friends at school would drive to the dining hall that was a quarter of a mile away instead of walking and it's just like those little things in your life taking the stairs like walking somewhere for fun those can really add up yeah yeah um just since i didn't you know because you mentioned the blue zone um i have not mm-hmm. read that book but have you i can't even think of the name of the show it's zach efron i watched it yeah where he like one of the episodes he went to a blue zone in sicily 
Mm-hmm. And I think it was the it was the most it was the biggest blue zone or whatever. And mm-hmm. even though I don't remember much of what he got what they got out of it from that, I just remember thinking like, well, these people have to walk everywhere they go, basically. Like, you know, like, we've been, their- we've been to Italy. When you go to Italy, you're doing so much more daily walking. You're you're not going to drive around the corner. There's nowhere to park. You're just kind of having to live by foot. And so that absolutely makes sense that, you know, you get into those spots where it is like your daily activity. Whereas, I mean, I've started to like put, you know, like for a little while I was parking on the, the side road from my house because we have too, we had too many cars in the driveway. And I was like, and Sarah kept saying, we can scoot things around. I'm like, why? I'm walking an extra, like, 100 feet. Like, it's better. Like, and I was just slowly building, like, any, you know, anything that we could do. Or every every time we went to the pool this summer, she would drive over with the floats and stuff for Logan. And I would just walk over because it's, like, a quarter of a mile. And it's, yeah, it's it's probably not doing me a whole lot going over there. But at the same time, driving is doing me zero. So, like. It, you know, it was, it, it was stuff that I started making a lot of those decisions this summer, uh, oh. just because I was like, I want to, you know, I'm, I was trying to be as active in everything as I could be. Yeah. Um, and I, I do recommend, I, do you use the Fitbit at all that, that we got for Christmas from Grandpa and Ellen? Um, I have my Apple watch. Um, yeah. I haven't tried Fitbit yet. Oh, the Fitbit. So I don't have an Apple watch. Um. I have not worn a watch in, uh, like, every time I've ever worn a watch up until this Fitbit, I've broken it in, like, three days because I'm clumsy and would, like, reach out and break it, like, by bumping my wrist into something. So, when I got the Fitbit for Christmas, I started wearing it, and it will literally, like, at 10 minutes of the, you know, hour, it will say, like, oh, you haven't done 250 steps yet, and I will get up and I'll... If I'm at work, I'll get up and I'll walk to the break room and get myself a cup of water because that'll be about 250 steps or, you know, and I just, it, it has made me more conscious of how, is it sedentary? Is that the right word? I think it's sedentary. Uh, how, how much I was just sitting there. And so like now it, it, it made me very conscious of like, okay, I need to get up. It's been 50 minutes. I haven't done anything. And I'll, and it's, you know, it takes me three minutes to walk to you know to walk across the building at work or you know it's rough because my house is small so on like snow days this past winter not that we had snow days but on cold days where we were out because it was raining and cold i would just like that i walking 250 steps in my house means like doing three or four laps around the house which is obnoxious to everybody else but at work you know like you know what i'm saying it make it made me more more uh, purposeful in my activity, I guess, unless just like, oh, this is what I feel like doing at the moment. It was more, oh, I should get up. It's a good time to get up and just do something for a minute. My watch um does that for me. Like if I haven't moved at all, it doesn't. I think I just have to do one minute of like movement in the hour. So like I could get up from my bedroom and go go pee or something and come back and I would check off that hour. But I think it's just about like keeping constantly moving throughout the day instead of like getting in a quick workout and then sitting there all yeah. day. I don't want to keep moving all day. 
but also back to the book that we were talking about, I do really think um, I got it from my library. So I actually just checked it out for a little bit. Um, and it, it goes through a lot of like the centenarian stuff um, and other ways that they like set up their life to be healthy, um, including like food and peace. Um, so definitely recommend that. If, I mean, it, I definitely didn't read it like cover to cover. Like there were some areas where it skimmed just because like yeah. there's recipes but like you kind of get like the main idea of the book um certain parts and kind of try to steer your life towards like having a little more activity or eating like foods that are shown to be a little bit healthier like the mediterranean diet and all that stuff yeah yeah i i don't know that i want to live to be a hundred but i want (laughs) i want the option at least i guess you want to feel good while you're here. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I I very often tell people that if I live to be 100, I'll do 100 shots on my 100th birthday. And that's everybody <laughs> goes, but you'll die. And I'm like, yeah, that's the point. Like, at 100, you've had it, you're done. I'm good. I don't want to do that anymore. I think I told Grandpa and Ellen that one time, and Grandpa was like, Michael. So... <laughs> yeah uh, it, it's always it's always fun talking about old age with grandpa because he he and i have such differing opinions on it like he wants to live to be 120 and i've like literally been like why why do you want like and he's like i'm you know he's 88 and he's like i'm still i still you know feel like i've got so much ahead of me and i'm like i'm 35 or at the time i was 35 and i was like i I get how people are ready to go. <laughs> I actually said that to him, and he just looked at me like, Michael. Uh. Yeah. As long as I feel good, that's, that's like what I want, but I definitely don't want to be um, like insane for a lot of years, you know? Like, yeah. in home, that's just not really living to me. Yeah. I just don't want to outlive everybody. That sounds that's miserable. Oh, yeah. And that is a real thing. Yeah. I want, like, I want, I you know, like, I want to live long enough to see Logan get all, all of his big life accomplishments, maybe see my grandkids get some good life accomplishments, and then it, then I'm good. But, anyway, this is getting darker than I expected. Um, <laughs> so, my last question um, is, you know, it's one that I've asked everybody so far. And what joke or impression or thing mocking you, making fun of you, uh, has been your favorite in your life? Kind of like what I was thinking of to, like, relate it to this topic was, um, like, I feel like sometimes I see TikToks about, like, fitness influencers and that stuff and they're they're like funny and like there's plenty of people like spreading that information out there but yeah i i I take a lot of pictures of my body at the end of the workout um and sometimes i'll be like trying to take my picture in the mirror and like posing obviously because you're not gonna not pose for the picture yeah and like people will be like trying to change background and i'm like i just feel so weird about like taking pictures after but like 
when I look back at the pictures, I can kind of, I can really see like a difference from where I started and where I am. So I think it's important to document that journey. But I also just sometimes feel like, I guess maybe this isn't like, this isn't very funny, but like, I feel like people just judge me really hard if they see me do like taking pictures in the gym. But then there's like TikToks too, like making fun of like fit girls because I'm like trying to get more muscle and I, I am trying to like build my glutes and whatnot. Um, and I feel like sometimes I just see TikToks about that, and I they are funny because you have to know how to laugh at yourself, I guess. Yeah. Well, I think. You... I, okay, this isn't the exact same thing, but I have a I had a coworker up until a couple weeks ago, and she every single day would take a selfie in the bathroom mirror at work because she said it was the best mirror. And one day she took a picture and a woman came out of the stall and she goes, oh, you take pictures in this mirror too? And like, these aren't people who were like trying to show off. They just were like, this is a great mirror. Like this, you know, because I don't know. I think that it's become so normal that it's while, you know, there's going to be parodies of every group and especially any group that's public. So like the take the influencer thing, but like at the same time, I don't, I don't think that like, I don't think anybody, anybody my age or younger at least is is getting that bent out of shape about oh, oh look at people taking selfies. Yeah. The only time a selfie drives me crazy is if you are somewhere really impressive, and you and and Sarah has some friends that are guilty of this, and I'm and they'll almost never. There's no way they're gonna listen to my podcast, so I'm not worried about it. <laughs> But Sarah has some friends that I, I used and I've joked with them a bunch of times and said, you guys would go to the Eiffel Tower and we wouldn't know where you were because you, you're, you'd be taking the selfie so that your face is like the entire picture. And we wouldn't know that the Eiffel Tower was behind you because you don't get the purpose of taking pictures at a place. So like if you're in the gym and, and taking a picture in the mirror, like there is nothing better that you're missing out because you're taking a selfie. So that. To me, that's, like, the perfect selfie option. It really is. And then, like, sometimes I see TikToks about, like, people, like, recording at the gym. And I just, I feel so weird, like, bringing a tripod in there. I haven't done it at the gym because I just feel like that's, I don't know. It seems so distracting and, like, to just be, like, taking videos in the middle of the gym, like, taking up equipment and taking a long time. So I just haven't really done that. Um, but I've definitely seen like TikToks like making fun of fit influencers doing that too, and I can totally I would be so mad if somebody was on a machine for a long time like trying to get the perfect video. Yeah, yeah. I think I mean so I'm you know obviously I wanted to be a filmmaker and I've done a bunch of stuff with video and I find the level of ob- obtrusiveness obnoxious a lot. Um, we were at a trampoline park in the last couple weeks and. This guy had like a professional. Do you know what a gimbal is? No. It's the stabilizer, like the remote. It's the. You put your big expensive camera on it and it like uses gyroscopes to keep your camera stable. Oh, wow. Yeah. That sounds like a lot. Yeah. He had that and he was videoing his like nine year old jumping. And I was like, (laughs) nobody. I have a gimbal, I've used it for weddings and stuff. Yeah, that makes more sense. Yeah. I think Twitter, I've seen it in like wedding videos. Yeah, you absolutely don't need it for anything that your child is doing. And like, 
they didn't look like they were YouTubers. They just looked like they were like, and I get it. When you have a toy, you want to play with your toy. But at the same time, there it was like a Friday night. There was like four hundred kids, and you have this like six hundred dollar piece of equipment holding a thousand dollar camera or more. And I was just like, "What are you doing?" Like, and and I was jealous of the of the gimbal, but I was just like, "This is stupid." But so I think the gym thing would drive me crazy too. Yeah. So I just kind of try to like balance it out between like pictures after a workout and like other content that I put in there, so it doesn't being and suffocating. Um, yeah. So that not a TikTok meme, hopefully. Yeah. No, I think you you do a good job with that. Arguably, like I feel like you sometimes it feels like it's minimalist and and in a good way. Like like I don't feel like it's like oh god, how does she have thirty five stories up right now you know I've, I've seen some of those where you're like i i don't have time to watch all this i want like three or four updates a day from any person that i follow yeah i agree that's a good number yeah so speaking of your instagram uh why don't you if you want to you could tell the listeners where they can find you on instagram to to find out what kind of tips and benefits uh you know you you're coming up with um, so my Instagram is muscles by mans spelled M A N D S. Um, sorry, and- you kind of cut out at the beginning of that, so I'll just repeat it for everybody. Uh, yeah. It's muscles by mans. Go ahead. Sorry. And, no worries. Um, so if you like scroll down there, you can find different workouts. I I guess if you go back far enough, it's kind of like my home workouts, and then it transitions into the gym ones. Um, and if you ever have questions, I have people. DM me questions all the time or comment stuff. Um, it's yeah. totally okay too. But like, if you're looking, it'll say like which workout it is, and you can click on it, and then there's a little um, like video of me doing it. So yeah, follow will, me if you like it. I will say, okay, the number one I've I've asked you a ton of stuff on there. Obviously, the number one thing that you've given me for advice was Brooks sneakers. Mm-hmm. Um, Amazing. They're amazing. I love them. I got Sarah hooked on them. We found mm-hmm. out that uh, Sarah's sister, her boyfriend, wears them nonstop, and he's really athletic. And it was just like they're comfortable. You feel supported. They last a good amount of time. Sorry, I just wanted to throw that out there because that was like the num like the big takeaway. <laughs> you told me about that a couple of years ago, and I've been like addicted to them. And they also, I think I told you, but they have like the. You can take the quiz kind of on their website and they'll like recommend a different shoe for you based on like the way that you, your foot works, um, which I really liked. I love Brooks. I use them for running. I, I wear them to work actually too. And I think a lot of other people that work in healthcare like them too. Yeah. Um, how, so, many, yeah. how many miles are you supposed to use or how many miles are you supposed to give up on shoes after? Um, so when I was running cross country, we would usually say like one season and you're done, but those were very high mileage weeks. Um, I guess a season would go for like four months and we would be running like five days, five or six days a week, at least a five day. So I'm trying to do the math on that. I think they say like maybe 500 miles is where you max out. Okay. I think that's what I got out of my last pair. I'm just curious. I just got a new pair in the last week, and they're mm-hmm. excellent. And, and they have a lot of 
cute styles now too. They're getting a lot prettier. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I, I've noticed that if you, so like, you can get the exact same shoe in the ugly style for like significantly less, and so huh? I don't. Is for me, I don't care what it looks like. That I mean, I'm not getting ugly, ugly, but like the ones I got now are kind of basic white with like a red stripe down the side. Whereas if I got some really cool ones, I think I paid 75 and if I got the really cool ones, it was going to be like 140 or something. It was a drastic d- difference in price. Yeah, and you're getting the same benefit from them, so. Yeah, yeah. And I don't have anybody to impress with my <laughs> my shoes, so. <laughs> All right, well, uh, thank you for, for coming on. Um, thank you for having me. Thank you, everybody, for listening. If uh, you know, go go check out Amanda's Instagram at Muscles by Mans. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to uh, this podcast and you know, give us a rating if you want. Like a good one would be nice. Um, and uh, we will, I will talk to you next week. <laughs>